your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 629 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And, you know, I was all prepared to come on here today and probably do what would be the first of several draft episodes that we would do here on Locked on New York Rangers, and we will eventually get to that. I want to certainly zero in on the Rangers' second-round pick. They don't have a first-round pick. want to kind of uh, try to identify some potential targets for the New York Rangers with who they might pick uh, in the second round there. And like I said, we will do that in due time and do a couple of other draft-related episodes as well. But no sooner did I start to lay out the format for that episode— did rumors start that the Rangers are supposedly interesting in acquiring Pierre-Luc Dubois from the Winnipeg Jets in a trade. And let me just say right off the bat here, I am not a fan of this idea at all. I'll get into the reasons why in fairly short order here. But first, I do want to give the full rundown of Pierre-Luc Dubois. We want to give him a free trial here. And, you know, I think most Ranger fans have at least heard of Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, he is a fairly prominent player in this league. I wouldn't say an elite player in this league, but I think certainly by now people at least know about him. Uh, 24-year-old center, six foot two, 205 pounds. He was the third overall pick in the 2016 NHL draft. He was selected by the Columbus Blue Jackets, and he spent the first three seasons and then also five games of his fourth season with the Columbus Blue Jackets until he basically quit on his team and forced his way out of town via a trade. More on that in a second. Uh, As far as his career numbers go, 361 career NHL regular season games, 102 goals, 137 assists. So 239 points in 361 career games for Pierre-Luc Dubois. He has also played in, let's see, 33 career Stanley Cup playoff games, 8 goals, and 14 assists for a total of 22 points in those games. In addition to his offensive numbers, he is a plus 8 overall. He has put 806 shots on goal, has scored on 12.7% of those, and has averaged 17 minutes of 27 seconds of ice time per net, 498 hits, 217 block shots. So this is somebody that, you know, for the most part, has been a solid player in this league. I mean, we're not going to look at the baggage that he would potentially bring to the table if he came to the Rangers. For now, we'll just focus on him as the player. And like I said, he's been a solid player, uh, 24 years old, so you hope that he's just coming into the prime of his NHL career and maybe about to take his career to that next level. It's certainly possible. But, you know, has he been somebody that's lived up to the considerable hype that inherently comes with being the number three overall pick in the NHL draft, I would overall say no to that. I mean, you're talking about somebody who's never really even been close to a point-per-game player in this league. You know, the Blue Jackets, when they drafted him, thought they were getting somebody who was going to be an elite two-way center for many, many years to come. And then, of course, obviously, things did not work out there for him. Uh, Again, 239 points in 361 games. It's not anemic offensive production, but I think when you draft somebody with the third overall pick in the draft, uh, you're probably expecting a little bit more out of him than what Pierre-Luc Dubois has at least thus far been able to produce at the NHL level. Maybe I'm being a little too hard on him. He is still very young after all. Uh, But again, I think for the most part, you expect 
little bit more from somebody that you take with the number three overall pick. As far as his current NHL contract is concerned and what the Rangers would be inheriting, you know, if they were to strike a trade with the Jets and bring him over to New York, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is in the final year of a two-year $10 million contract. That's a cap hit of obviously $5 million per season. So if the Rangers were to bring him in, that's what he would count as against the cap, $5 million. And then at the end of this season, he will be a restricted free agent. Probably got to figure he's going to get a little bit of a raise on the $5 million that he's currently making. And then the season after that, he will be an unrestricted free agent. So, you know, I'll talk about this in a little bit more detail in due time here as well. But I think, you know, the, the thing that kind of jumps off the page here for me is I'm not so sure the Rangers are going to be able to afford this guy. Uh, you know, $5 million per season, you might be able to squeeze him under the cap this year, but then he's going to get a raise next year. And keep in mind next year, you've got Keandre Miller and Alexi Lafreniere both becoming restricted free agents. They're going to need a pay raise. There aren't any really significant contracts coming off the books for the Rangers next season. I mean, a couple of guys here and there, you know, Ryan Reeves, Dryden Hunt, Sammy Blay. There are a couple of guys, like I said, coming off the books, and maybe you can uh, use that to your advantage if you're the Rangers, but I'm just not so sure that they're going to be able to afford uh, a player of Dubois' price tag going forward here. And even if they are able to afford whatever he might end up costing, $5 million this year and then whatever he makes in the future, I'm not so sure there aren't better options, uh, you know, both in-house for the Rangers. You know, you could re-sign either Strom or Cops. Strom was probably too pricey, and Cops probably the better bet between the two of them if one of the two is going to re-sign. Kind of seems like a long shot for either one of them at this point. But, yeah, we're going to talk about all that, you know, different ways that this could shake out. And I'm also going to lay out the reasons why, you know, I'm really, I got to be honest, guys, I am not feeling a trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois at all. Granted, these rumors just started swirling uh, less than 24 hours ago, so maybe I could be talked into it. Maybe I'll see things a little bit different, you know, the more the dust settles here. But at first and second, and I would say third glance here, I'm not liking the idea of the Rangers, uh, you know, trading significant pieces to the Jets in order to acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I'm going to get into the reasons why in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so I got to be honest, guys. I'm pretty much stunned just how many Ranger fans seem to be uh, completely all in on this move to trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois. This is somebody who as we talked about in the intro, has never really gotten all that close to being a point-per-game player. Uh, again, his offensive stats are not completely anemic, but this is not the kind of production that people were expecting when he was taken number three overall back in 2016. And everything that I've talked about in this episode up to this point, for the most part, for the vast most part, uh, this is all things working against him before I even bring in uh, what could be considerable baggage that Pierre-Luc Dubois is carrying. I haven't even really brought that up yet. So when you take that into accommodation here, 
There's quite a few reasons why I'm really just not feeling Pierre-Luc Dubois on the New York Rangers. For starters, he certainly seems like a me-first guy. I talked earlier about how he forced his way out of Columbus, basically just quit on the team, forced a trade. He had already determined that he no longer wanted to be there, and he didn't get traded right away. So he took it upon himself to basically go onto the ice and go completely out of his way to give zero effort. I mean, you could not phone in an NHL shift, and I don't think I've ever seen anyone phone in an NHL shift the way that Pierre-Luc Dubois did on this one. He basically just drifted around the ice the entire time that he was out there, and then there was a situation where you know, the Jackets, they, they dumped the puck into the corner, and Pierre-Luc Dubois is there, and he just stands there. I mean, he, he, he puts up no fight whatsoever, puts in zero effort, does not even care about trying to get the, the puck for his team. I mean, honestly, you look at this, it could almost be considered breach of contract. I mean, I, I don't know the exact legal, you know, ins and outs of, of stuff like that. He did not even try to win the puck on this play. He just stood there, let the, uh, I forget who they were playing. I think it was Tampa Bay. Let Tampa just skate away with the puck and uh, then just went back to the bench and, you know, kind of threw a fit once he got there. And that was when he was playing for John Tortorella. So he had really fallen out of favor, had, uh, you know, already requested a trade and like I said, gave zero effort here. And I realize it's just one shift. It's just one game. He is playing for John Tortorella, not the easiest coach in the world to play for, but it's pretty obvious what Dubois was doing here. He wanted a trade. To this point, he had not gotten his wish. And so what he did was he took it upon himself and basically just said, well, you know, if I refuse to compete when I'm on the ice, then they're not going to have a, any choice whatsoever but to trade me. And of course, the thing that I hate more than anything is it actually worked. He actually got what he wanted. This actually paid off in his favor. He didn't want to be any, there anymore. So he went out there, gave absolutely zero effort, got benched for the rest of the game, and then was traded and on his way to the Winnipeg Jets. And we'll continue talking about Dubois in just a second, but I also want to mention the very simple fact that, you know, this Ranger team last year, one of the things that I like best about this team, and I think one of the reasons why they were as successful as they were and why they went as far in the playoffs as they did, this is a team-first group of players. These guys are not at all concerned with their individual stats. I'm sure everybody on the team likes to score goals and pick up assists and whatnot, but these are guys that... By far, the biggest objective every single time they take the ice is to win the game. It doesn't matter that to them you know, who the first star is or who's on the power play or you know, who's doing this, who's in the top four defense. And none of that matters as long as the Rangers get the win at the end of the day. I feel like that's the way most of the current players on this New York Ranger roster, I, I would say all of the players on this current New York Ranger roster, feel about things. And now you're bringing somebody in Pierre-Luc Dubois that he just hasn't shown himself to be that kind of a guy, at least not yet, in his NHL career. And think about this. If you bring in Dubois, your first two additions of this offseason are now Dubois and also Vitaly Kravtsov. And I know Kravtsov has been on the team before, and you know obviously he played in 20 games, not this past season, but the one before that with the New York Rangers. But he was away in the KHL, made absolutely zero impact on the Rangers this past season. So you're taking this team that's known for having, you know, this close-knit bunch in the locker room, a lot of good team chemistry, a lot of good vibes in that room, and you're bringing the first two players that you bring in into that equation are guys, fairly or unfairly, whether it's perception or reality, seem to be me-first players. Is that really what you want to do if you're Chris Jury? You know, there were a lot of examples this past season where, you know, certain players may have had the opportunity to get upset about how they were being used or what their ice time was. I mean, the kid line in the playoffs, I never felt like they were getting enough ice time, but there were no complaints there. Uh, you've got 
Guys just being selfish. Guys like Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, veterans who are out there killing penalties every single game. Uh, you've got, you know, another example, Ryan Reeves accepting the fact that he might have to be a healthy scratch at certain times after the Rangers did the moves that they did at the trade deadline. You've got Braden Schneider, a young kid who's there to work hard. He didn't throw a fit when he was taken out of the lineup after the Justin Braun trade. He just worked his way back into it. Braun himself, you know, changes from the right side to the left side to accommodate Schneider, despite playing the right side for his entire career. Alexi Lafreniere, he was having the hottest streak of his NHL career on the Mika line, and then they dropped him down to the third line. No whining about it, no complaining about it, nothing like that. You've got Artemi Panarin. He had predominantly played on the left side on the power play, and then they switched him to the right side so that Mika could play the left side and just kind of rip one-timers from that spot on the ice. And no complaints, no issues from Panarin. He just went about his business and basically started feeding Mika the puck uh, on that power play unit for the Rangers. The list goes on and on. Bottom line, very selfless, very tight-knit bunch of players that wants to win above all else, and does not really seem to care about individual statistics. And now, once again, you're bringing Kravtsov and potentially Pierre-Luc Dubois, guys who don't really fit that description. Now, with Kravtsov, I'm at least willing to give him one more chance for a couple of reasons here. For starters, Kravtsov for this upcoming season is only going to make $875,000. That barely even makes a dent as far as your salary cap space is concerned. On top of that, I think he's more likely than not to be traded before the season starts anyway. It's hard to say for sure. You know, maybe he would even be part of this Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. You know, you're not going to be able to do Kravtsov for Dubois straight up, but Kravtsov could be part of the package that brings you Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, so it's possible that could happen. And even if not, he could be traded uh, to some other team at some other point in the offseason and may never play for the Rangers again. Uh, but finally, even if Kravtsov is around, the other reason I can live with it this is kind of your guy if you're the New York Rangers. You know, you drafted him at number nine overall. Now, I realize that was not Chris Drury's selection, and there have always been rumors that he was never really high on that pick in the first place, but the Rangers did draft Vitaly Krausov, and it's possible there could be people behind the scenes that want to see if Vitaly Krausov can get it together and become a productive player for this New York Ranger team. But with Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, this guy, once again, he's carrying a $5 million cap hit. He is in the final year of a two-year $10 million contract. And to compare him to another player that came over from the Winnipeg Jets, you know, you look at $5 million per year, that might be more than what Andrew Kopp is going to get in unrestricted free agency this offseason. So let me get this straight. If you're the Rangers, let's take it from the top here. You're going to give up a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and Morgan Barron to the Winnipeg Jets in order to bring in Andrew Kopp for just half of a season. Then you're going to let Andrew Kopp walk in unrestricted free agency and trade away even more assets to the same Winnipeg Jets team to bring in a guy that is making more money than what Andrew Kopp is currently making and probably more money than what Andrew Kopp is going to get per season in unrestricted free agency. You're going to do all that instead of just re-signing Andrew Kopp, who, once again, in addition to probably being less expensive than Pierre-Luc Dubois, has already proven that he is a fit with this New York Ranger team, seems to have a stronger all-around game than Pierre-Luc Dubois, seems to be more of a team-first guy, and would cost nothing to re-sign in terms of Ranger assets. You don't have to trade for Andrew Kopp again. You can just re-sign him as long as you can come to some kind of an agreement with him on dollars and years. You know, you re-sign Andrew Kopp, it would not entail dealing away draft picks or dealing away prospects or trading somebody like Philip Hedl or Capo Caco. But, you know, we've got Ranger fans who apparently would rather trade away 
more valuable assets to once again bring in somebody in Pierre-Luc Dubois who might not even be as good of an all-around player as the guy that you could simply re-sign. Why? Why would they do that? Now, Cop could end up hitting free agency, and he could end up making more than $5 million per season. That's at least possible. So maybe he ends up having a bigger cap hit than Pierre-Luc Dubois. But guess what? Pierre-Luc Dubois is a restricted free agent after this season and is going to get a raise most likely, on what he's currently making, $5 million per season. Then the season after that, he's an unrestricted free agent. So I just am not convinced that the Rangers would be able to afford whatever Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to command, especially once he becomes a UFA, because at that point, he can just go to the highest bidder and sign wherever he wants. And by the way, didn't Pierre-Luc Dubois already get his this guy needs a change of scenery trade? You know, I, I tweeted that out the other day, along with that shift that I described a couple of minutes ago, where he was just basically giving zero effort. I thought Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, he was the guy that needed the change of scenery, and he went to Winnipeg in exchange for Patrick Lane, who also needed a change of scenery. Hasn't he already been down this road? Hasn't he already gotten his change of scenery? What's the deal with him, you know, all of a sudden now, maybe not wanting to be in Winnipeg much longer? We're going to talk about all that in just a second as well. All right, so like I was talking about just a second ago, as far as I'm concerned, Pierre-Luc Dubois already had his this guy needs a change of scenery trade. You don't get two of those before you turn 25. Now, again, the Blue Jackets drafted him. They are not necessarily world beaters, and John Tortorella is far from an easy coach to play for, and the two of them bumped heads uh, quite often during Dubois' tenure there. But I don't know, guys. I'm getting some very, very serious Jack Eichel vibes from Pierre-Luc Dubois. To me, and I talked about this with Jack Eichel, when, when there were all these rumors flying that the Rangers wanted to trade for him, I was completely against it. Didn't like the fact that, you know, he had a neck injury. Uh, I mean, that's not his fault, obviously. And, and all the best to Jack Eichel as far as the neck injury is concerned. But obviously, there's some risks there. But on top of that, you know, somebody who it just felt like he always had one door, one foot out the door when it came to playing for the Buffalo Savers. Always wanted to go where the grass was greener and never seemed to really take on that challenge of leading the Buffalo Sabres out of the basement and into a really strong team in this league. I'm getting similar vibes from Pierre-Luc Dubois. It just seems like he always wants to go where the grass is greener. This guy was traded to the Winnipeg Jets. It's easy to forget about this now, but coming into the season, a lot of people were really, really high on the Jets. They're a team that's been in the playoffs, uh, you know, fairly regularly over the past handful of seasons, you know, five years or however long you want to go back. And they, along with maybe the Knights, were probably the most disappointing team in the NHL this past season. Now, that doesn't all fall at the feet of Pierre-Luc Dubois, but this is somebody that was supposed to come in, you know, take advantage of the change of scenery and really be a difference maker for this franchise. And he did have the best season of his NHL career from an offensive numbers perspective, but obviously did not really translate into team success. And I realize that's a lot to lay at the feet of one player, but nevertheless, Pierre-Luc Dubois, after, you know, forcing his way out of, uh, out of Columbus, didn't really make a positive impact on Winnipeg, at least as far as team success is concerned. A team that fell well, well short of expectations this past season. And even the season prior to that, which was Dubois' first with the Jets, you know, obviously he was traded there after the disappearing act that he pulled with Columbus, but 41 games for the Jets, just eight goals and 12 assists. And then uh, they did make it to the second round of the playoffs, but in just seven playoff games, uh, just three assists for Pierre-Luc Dubois and no goals. 
So just like Jack Eichel, it feels like Pierre Lutubois, especially in Columbus, but to a lesser extent in Winnipeg as well, has always just kind of been looking for the door. And that kind of leads me into what I want to talk about, and that is his current situation with the Winnipeg Jets, where once again, it seems like he's already looking for the door. I cannot stress enough the fact that Pierre-Luc Dubois is only 24 years old, and he's already seemingly unhappy and discontent, at least discontent, uh, with both of his teams. You know, with Columbus, I think it's pretty obvious that he was unhappy and discontent. I don't think it's been quite as bad in Winnipeg, but there is something that happened that I just don't like, and that is the fact that uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois has already informed the Winnipeg Jets that he plans on leaving in free agency after 2024. He's got two more seasons between now and then, and this guy's mind is already made up that, oh man, I can't stand being in Winnipeg. I don't like being part of the Jets. I don't like whatever it might be, you know, the city, the fan base, the team. I, I don't know what the problem is. I mean, there's rumors that he wants to play in a bigger market, would like to eventually uh, play for the Montreal Canadiens. And I guess on one hand, you know, at least he's being honest with his own team. By that same token, man, you're a fan of the Winnipeg Jets. Are you really looking to throw your support behind this guy after he's told you two years before he hits unrestricted free agency that he is fully planning on leaving? If you're a teammate of Pierre-Luc Dubois, are you ready to go to battle with this guy? And yeah, man, you know, we got each other's back and this, that, and the other thing. When you know that this guy is already looking for the door, he already wants to leave, and now there's rumors swirling that he might end up being traded to the New York Rangers and might get his wish, I wouldn't really necessarily look at that guy as, you know, one of my favorite teammates. I mean, I think that's at least fair to say. And the fact that there have been issues in both places that Dubois has played, well, how long is it going to be until Dubois is unhappy and or discontent with the New York Rangers. And it's not a rhetorical question. I'm actually trying to figure it out. You know, maybe Dubois will start getting upset uh, the first time that Gerard Gallant decides that the lineup needs a shakeup and he drops Dubois out of the top six. How is Pierre-Luc Dubois going to handle it when he's centering a line of, I don't know, Vitaly Kravtsov and Julian Gauthier or, or Dryden Hunt? Yeah, I bet, I bet Pierre-Luc Dubois is really going to embrace the challenge of trying to elevate somebody like Dryden Hunt and embrace the challenge of, you know, giving the Rangers a strong third line and embrace the challenge of trying to work his way back up the lineup. Everything we've seen about Dubois tells me that that's not really who he is. And rather than embrace a challenge or, you know, take a coach, you know, being tough on him to heart and as an opportunity to prove the coach wrong and to meet that challenge, he seems like the guy that would rather sit and sulk about it. And maybe I'm being a little bit unfair here, but I just cannot get out of my head, uh, again, the way he behaved in Columbus before he forced his way out of there, and now the fact that even after he gets what he wants, he's already telling the Jets that I'm going to be leaving in two years. In two years, they've got two seasons in front of them. If somebody wants to leave and is already thinking about leaving when they are going to be on your team for two more years, does that really sound like the kind of player that's ready to go to battle and, and you know, lead this team to a Stanley Cup? It doesn't sound like that to me. And, you know, if he comes to the Rangers, look, I'm not going to, like, root against him or anything like that. I'm not going to, you know, hope that he does poorly or acts up just so that I can come on here and say that I was right. But I think, you know, we at least got to be fair here. This is somebody who comes with at least some character concerns. And, you know, I haven't even gotten to the part where we talk about what the Rangers might have to give up to bring in Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I can't stress this enough. You can simply re-sign Andrew Kopp or, you know, trade for somebody that won't cost you as much as Pierre-Luc Dubois. Sign an unrestricted free agent in free agency to center the Ranger third line and move Filipino up. And you could sign that third line center to a fraction of what Pierre-Luc Dubois is currently making. So, 
I mean, there's a lot of factors here and a lot of reasons why I'm just not feeling this move. As far as what the Rangers would have to give up, though, difficult to say. I mean, I think to just kind of speculate a little bit here, certainly if you're acquiring Pierre-Luc Dubois, you're going to have to give up something pretty significant. And I think guys like Capo Caco or Philip Hedel are definitely both possibilities. Obviously, the stuff with Capo Caco uh, being a healthy scratch when the Rangers were facing elimination and ultimately were eliminated by the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 6. So, I mean, it's possible that Caco could be involved there. Philip Hedel... You know, all of a sudden, a lot of Ranger fans, everybody's kind of like wanting Filipino to stick around because he had such a strong playoff run. But before the playoffs started, I'm not so sure how many people would have been, you know, pounding their fists on the table and saying, oh, you can't trade Heedle, you can't trade Heedle. So maybe Drury is concerned that this is just one isolated hot streak for Filipino. He's had a few of those over the seasons. And if he feels like he can get somebody like Dubois in exchange for Kako or Heedle, uh, as part of a package that he might look to do it. Look, I can't deny the fact that Pierre-Luc Dubois, what he's done over the years, he's had better seasons than either Capo Caco or Filipino. It's not like he doesn't have talent. It's not like it's impossible for him to come over and help the Rangers and potentially even make them a better team. But to me, there's just too many red flags and too many reasons why the Rangers should not make this move. Um, as far as other players that could be sent to Winnipeg in exchange for Dubois, I mean, Maybe they would look at one of the young Ranger defensemen, uh, Zach Jones or Nils Lundqvist. I would actually prefer trading one of them over trading either Kako or Hedl, simply because I like Jones, I like Lundqvist, but the Rangers are pretty loaded at defensemen right now. Five of the six spots are spoken for and probably will be spoken for for the foreseeable future uh, between you know Lindgren, Fox, Miller, Truba, and uh, Braden Schneider. That's five of the six penciled into the starting lineup next year, barring a trade or something uh, just completely unexpected. So uh, maybe one of the young defensemen is involved, maybe Braden Schneider himself, but I really hope not. I think Schneider's going to be a great player in this league. Um, as far as draft picks heading to Winnipeg, Rangers have only one pick in the first three rounds this year. They pick number 63 overall in the second round, and then next year, the Rangers have their first and second round picks, but no picks in the third, fourth, or fifth round. Maybe one of those picks is involved in a trade. Maybe there's a prospect like Will Cooley involved. I don't think the Rangers would trade Brennan Othman. You know, that's Chris Drury's first first round pick, and he absolutely killed it this past season. And I just don't think the Rangers would go down that road. The one other thing that I want to mention here that's certainly possible, and I, I mentioned Chris Drury just a second ago, it is certainly possible that Chris Drury is, you know, letting this leak as something of a tactical maneuver here. And let me explain what I mean by that. So Drury, he's made no bones about it. He thinks it's extremely important to have good centers on your team. And I certainly agree with that. And whether Drury, you know, gets creative and figures out a way to re-sign either Andrew Kopp or Ryan Strom and squeeze them under the salary cap, or he goes out and trades for a third-line center type, or he signs a free agent that's kind of a third-line center type, he's going to add a center. I think we could pretty much agree that Drury's going to add one way or another, whether it's a trade or free agency or whatever it might be, he's going to have to add a center to this team at some point in the offseason. Now, if he's got another center in mind as far as a potential trade target, which I think certainly could be the case, especially when you consider that Drury doesn't seem like someone who would be particularly fond of a player like Dubois who has flashed, you know, some me first traits. So if Drury, again, if he does have another center in mind, as far as a trade target, then it behooves him to sort of let it out of the bag here that he might be interested in trading for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And the reason for that is leverage in trade talks. If he starts talking about a deal with some other team around the league, trying to acquire one of their centers 
and it's also public knowledge that jury might be in on Pierre-Luc Dubois, then that could allow him to gain just a little bit of leverage when it comes to talking trades with other teams and when it comes to talking to those teams about potentially acquiring one of their centers. Because, you know, if he's trying to pick up a, a center from some team in the Western Conference, I don't know who it would be, but just any team in the Western Conference and that team is insisting on a first-round pick in exchange for their center, then Jury, he can say, well, listen, I don't want to give you a first-round pick for this player, so maybe I'll go back to the Jets and I'll take their offer for Pierre-Luc Dubois instead. And then maybe you know, this other team, whatever team it might be, the asking price for them comes down a little bit because there is some leverage there knowing that the Rangers are in on Pierre-Luc Dubois, or at least that's the uh, perception, and knowing that the Rangers and Jets have struck a couple of trades over these past few seasons. So uh, that's at least possible. This could be a tactical move by Chris Jury, but I don't know. I just find it very difficult to believe that a no-nonsense, kind of old-school guy like Chris Jury would be enamored with a player like Pierre-Luc Dubois, especially when you consider you know the chilly relationship between himself and Vitaly Kravtsov. Similar situations there, different but similar. You know, Obviously, Pierre-Luc Dubois has done a lot more in the NHL than Vitaly Kravtsov has. Kravtsov is a guy that the Rangers drafted. Pierre-Luc Dubois is a guy they would be looking to bring in via a trade, but there are certainly some similarities there, and I don't know. Pierre-Luc Dubois does not seem like a Chris Drury kind of player, at least to me. So to kind of wrap things up for the day here, look, I'm not going to sit here and act like this guy isn't talented, that he can't play hockey. Uh, he is coming off of the best season of his career, 81 games, 28 goals, and 32 assists. So 60 points in 81 games with the Winnipeg Jets. But once again, I, I keep coming back to this. From what he's shown and the way he's acted, to you guys, does Pierre-Luc Dubois seem like somebody who's just going to come into New York, you know, center the second line, and basically be one of the main reasons why this team wins the Stanley Cup next season. Do you really get those kind of vibes from Pierre-Luc Dubois? Because I just don't. I don't. And look, if, again, I mentioned this earlier, but if the Rangers, if they do strike this trade, I would love nothing more than for Pierre-Luc Dubois to come in here and prove me wrong. And if they strike this trade, I'm going to root for him. I'm going to hope that you know he kind of gets his head on straight, that he embraces the challenge of being a New York Ranger and playing in the spotlight of New York City. But this guy, again, while he's been a good player and has had some solid seasons in this league, he's not the superstar player that a lot of people would have you believe. And when you also factor in his baggage, as well as what the Rangers would probably have to give up in order to acquire him, yeah, I got to be honest, I don't want any part of Pierre-Luc Dubois for all the reasons that I just mentioned. But obviously, this is something, it's a situation that big storyline will continue to track it in the days and weeks going forward here. I mean, who knows? The Rangers might end up striking a trade for Dubois while I'm editing this episode. You never know for sure. It's a situation that's obviously very fluid, and we'll keep our eyes on it. But to me, again, I got to pass on this trade if I'm the New York Rangers. I might be in the minority here, but I got to come on here and be honest. And I'd love to hear from you guys. I get the feeling that uh, you know the YouTube comment section might be pretty lively during and after this episode, but that's okay. I'd love to hear the opinion of all you guys as well. And maybe some of you guys that are pro Dubois and pro making this trade, maybe you can talk me into it a little bit. I'd love to hear the other side of it. And again, I'm still kind of processing this whole idea. It's less than 24 hours before these trade uh, wins even began to circulate, but I wanted to give my very initial thoughts and just be as honest as I possibly could about this situation. I do not want Pierre-Luc Dubois, considering what he's making, what the Rangers would have to give up, the fact that there's no guarantee that he's going to be here long-term anyway, the fact that you can re-sign one of your own free agents or somebody else around the league for about the same amount of money or even less money than Pierre-Luc Dubois, yeah, I got to be out, out on this move, at least for now. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com.
facebook.com and definitely give us a follow on twitter as well at lo underscore ny underscore rangers once again that is at lo underscore ny underscore rangers thanks again guys i'll see you next time